tuned. It's time again for the Bright Spot Hour Gospel Broadcast. And I appreciate those of you that hear the program and pray for us day by day. Many of you make it a point to hear the Bright Spot Hour at this particular time on this radio station. And you'll never know how much that means to me and how that encourages and blesses my heart. I'm your radio preacher, Ben Carper. Mrs. Garrett with us at the console of the beautiful Hammond, Oregon. To play for us today, to begin the Bright Spot Hour, an older gospel song that I think will mean a lot to you, If I Could Hear My Mother Pray Again. Thank you so much Mrs. Garrett I do appreciate that and I want to thank the Lord for my dear mother and my grandmother I'm sure that many of you hearing the bright spot hour today appreciate the mothers that God has put into our lives and we try to honor them and want to honor them today with this old song of the church now this brings us to prayer time and I hope that if you have the opportunity you'll pray along with us our father we thank thee and honor thee for the grace of God we thank you, Lord, in the divine order of things in creation that you set up motherhood. We thank thee for our dear mothers, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless and use them and help us, Lord, to honor mother during these days. I appreciate, Father God, the teaching in the scriptures that thou hast given on motherhood, and we thank thee for those dear ladies that are what they ought to be, and they want to be what the Bible wants them to be, to glorify, to magnify the grace of God. I pray for the dear mothers today at home with children about their knee. I pray that you would encourage and bless them in a definite way. And then help us, Lord, husbands and fathers, to be the men that we ought to be, to be faithful to the Word of God, to be faithful to our families, to be faithful to our wives, and to glorify and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ in all we endeavor and we'll be careful to praise thee now help us to be faithful to the word and we'll honor thee for christ's sake amen and i appreciate the opportunity to pray on the bright spot hour we also appreciate mrs garrett and the ability that god has given her 
As I stand at the radio mic today, I have a letter in my hand from one of our dear Bright Spot Hour listeners. And here's what he had to say. I love to hear the good music and singing as I remember in the little country church. And then he has 1920s-1930s. Then he gave a list of songs, the sweet by and by, when the roll is called up yonder, amazing grace, how beautiful heaven must be, the lily of the valley. Today on the Bright Spot Hour, we're going to accommodate our dear brother's request, and Mrs. Garrett is going to play that wonderful song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder, I'll Be There. Thank you so much to the late Mrs. Garrett. Always a joy to have her recorded work with us here on the Bright Spot Hour. Today is the Sabbath broadcast. In fact, it's the first Saturday in the month of March. There are five Saturdays and five Sundays in this month, and we appreciate that in a definite way. On the Sabbath, we always enjoy the recorded voice of my late grandfather, today will be no exception. We continue our study verse by verse and line by line in Second Corinthians, Paul's letter, second letter to the church at Corinth. Hope that you'll leave your radio dial tuned to this station, and my grandfather will be along by way of recording momentarily, and we will continue our study verse by verse and line by line in Second. Corinthians. I appreciate each and every one of you that stood faithfully at my side during the month of February. I appreciate the offerings and the support that you sent. The bills now for the February broadcast begin arriving. In fact, some of the bills are emailed and they arrive on the first day of the month. And I'll be busy over the next several days paying these bills. And the only way I can do that is to have the faithful and consistent support of my friends across the Bright Spot Hour to enable us to do that. During the month of March, I make available my late grandfather's sermon 52, The Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon, sermon number 52. Allow me the honor of putting this good message into your home. I'm positive 
that it can be a benefit and a blessing to you in your study of the inerrant and the infallible Word of God. It will come to you on a compact disc. They are $10. I also make available my grandfather's sermon, the most famous sermon he ever preached, Can God? The message was brought in May of 1973. I was there in the service. The Sunday night, my grandfather brought the message, Can God, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? This will come to you on a compact disc, and they are $10. I make available my grandfather's commentary on First and Second Corinthians, a beautiful 303-page book reproduced exactly as my grandfather wrote it and produced it during his lifetime. 303 pages, he deals with both First and Second Corinthians. You may have yours for a gift in support of the Bright Spot Hour of $20. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, post office box number four, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, drbencarper at yahoo.com. Let me encourage you to find us on social media at YouTube, Rumble, Getter, Twitter, or now X, Odyssey, and Facebook. Now we continue on with my late grandfather in our study in 2 Corinthians. Today, chapter 12, beginning at verse 12, I give to you my late grandfather, Dr. Harold B. Seitler. Now verse 5, of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will glory not, but in my infirmities. Uh, ordinarily, such a one would indeed glory, having had the experience Paul now recounts of being caught up into the third heaven, being caught up into paradise, he calls it in verse number 4. But he says, yet of myself I will not glory. Though I've had this exalted uh, vision, this tremendous advantage of having seen things that it's not lawful for a man to speak of, I'm not going to glory in that. But I'm going to glory not in my victories, not in the high exaltation described by this vision into the third heaven, but I'm going to exalt, uh, glory only in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, which is to say that if a man does glory in human attainment, in human flesh, that indeed he is a fool. It matters not how great a man may be, or how strong he may appear to be, or how educated, or cultured, or refined he may appear to be. A uh, man at his best is altogether vanity and vexation of spirit. And so Paul said, I'm not going to uh, to glory, uh, though I, uh, lest I should not be a fool in so doing. And a man that will glory in the flesh indeed is a foolish man. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man think of me above uh, that which he seeth uh, me to be, and that he heareth of me. Paul could have said other things about this experience described in verses 3 and 4, but he said, I shall not do that now. I shall forbear. And the word forbear means I shall withhold myself from uh, any further word about this tremendous experience of being caught up into paradise, lest any man should think of me above uh, that which 
which he sees in me or that which he heareth of me, lest I be misunderstood, lest some weaker brother uh, under, misunderstand, or lest some other person become discontent because they have not had a similar experience. Paul said, I will forbear. I'll not say any more, lest I should be exalted above measure. Verse number seven, uh, through the abundance of the revelations, uh, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now here is God's messenger, we're told in verse number seven, the messenger that God allowed Satan uh, to bring against the apostle, the buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. And certainly if any man had a natural right to be exalted or to exalt himself, Paul had that natural right. Uh, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin, an Israelite, uh, zealous and fervent for the Jews' religion, and uh, saved in a spectacular experience on the Damascus Road, and now here in chapter 12 of Second Corinthians, recounting the experience of being caught up into the third heaven, being caught up into paradise. Why, the natural man would say, oh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful experience. And Paul, uh, humanly speaking, uh, would be tempted at least to glorify himself or exalt himself above measure. But uh, Paul is saying, lest through these great revelations I'm tempted to do that, there was a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan that God allowed me to experience. And that thorn in the flesh was to buffet me, to beat me is what the word buffet means, to beat me black and blue, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, many of us know a little about that, at least a thorn in the flesh. Most of us have a weakness. Most of us know our limitation. Uh, all of us have some kind of limitation. And uh, this is in the economy of God and the will of God that we have this thorn in the flesh. And the thorn in the flesh in the economy of God is a good thing because it's a constant reminder lest we become exalted above measure. And the moment a pastor or an evangelist or a missionary becomes exalted above measure, a singer or a worker becomes exalted above measure, that moment he's out of God's will and he cannot glorify God nor be the blessing he'd love to be or ought to be if he exalts himself above measure. And so Paul said, God gave me and has given me a thorn in the flesh. And he said, this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Three different times, other times, no doubt, but three times in particular, Paul uh, besought the Lord. That is, he pled with God in earnest, agonizing prayer that God would withdraw this thorn in the flesh and let it depart from me. But God said, I'll not do it, Paul. You're going to carry this thorn in the flesh for the rest of your mortal days. But he said to me in verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect in your weakness and you can only glorify God when you're weak you're, you can only glorify God when you're buffeted Paul and so I shall not allow this thorn in the flesh to be removed because my uh, strength is made perfect in your weakness but remember said God to Paul my grace is sufficient uh, under thee. And because of that announcement in verse number 9, Paul went on to say, most gladly therefore will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Which is to say that I shall never again ask God to remove the thorn in the flesh. 
Because if God can get glory from the thorn in my flesh, then I'll glory in mine infirmities. If my flesh is so weak until I might exalt myself above measure, then I shall glory in the thorn which buffets me and keeps me and reminds me constantly of what I am and how weak I am, lest I should be exalted above measure. And so he said, I shall not ask any other time that this thorn be removed from me, but instead I shall glory in that infirmity. I shall glory in that weakness. I shall glory in that limitation and that thorn in my flesh, that God's name may be glorified through my weakness. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in necessities. I take pleasure in persecution. I take pleasure in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What a tremendous statement that is. Can you imagine a believer so in tune with God and so in communion with Jesus and so in fellowship with God until he can testify, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. Everything that happens to me, that buffets me, that hinders me, that reminds me of what I am in actuality, I shall glory in that. I shall take pleasure in that. I shall not mourn nor complain or groan beneath it, but I shall take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. I'm not going to be a complainer. I'll take it because I know it's best for me and to the glory of God that I experience these persecutions and these infirmities and these distresses and these necessities lest I become exalted above measure. You know, some of us may not be as trustworthy as we might think ourselves to be. And it could well be that the reason some of us have no more of the victories of God and the blessings of God is because we're not prepared or equipped or in a condition to give God glory for them, you see. We're so weak ourselves, we might conceivably take the glory to ourselves. If that be the case, then God is great and wise and good to buffet me with a thorn in the flesh in order that I might constantly be reminded of how weak I am. If that thorn was removed from me, I could immediately become uh, uh, exalted above measure. And the moment I'm exalted above measure, then that moment I can be a blessing to no one. But when I'm weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool in glory. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Now may I remind you that this is the second time in verse number 11 that Paul has reminded us, uh, he said the same thing in verse 5 of chapter 11, that I am not one whit behind the very chiefest of the apostles. And then he repeats it again in verse number 11, for in nothing am I behind the chiefest apostles of the 11 that remained in Jerusalem, though I be nothing. Paul the great missionary, Paul the great example in evangelism and in self-denial, who spent 25 years or more of his lifetime carrying the gospel to the Macedonians and to regions beyond. 
telling the story to pagan people who had never heard about the great I am, the great Jehovah, the great God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Savior of the Lord Jesus. Paul gave himself without any reservations in telling that story. And so I say amen to verse number 11. As far as I'm concerned, Paul is not one whit behind the chiefest of all the other 11 apostles of our Lord. He was the champion in my thinking as far as evangelism and missionary activity and founding churches is concerned and self-denial is concerned. Uh, what an example he is and ought to be to you and me in the same self-denial for, for the glory of the gospel and for the sake of the souls of men. Verse number 19, again, now this is an additional question that Paul now continues to ask in verse number 19. Think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you? Uh, don't one of you, Paul is saying, imagine that I'm now trying uh, to excuse some misconduct on the part of Paul uh, or, or, or on the part of Titus or Timothy or any other of those at my right hand. Think ye that we excuse ourselves to you? Not at all. We speak before God in Christ and therefore we lie not, Paul is saying. Uh, what I've said about Timothy, what I've said about Titus, what I've said about myself is the truth before God in Christ. But we do all things, dear beloved, for your edifying. Now this is the truth. And here is the, uh, the motive, here is the purpose, here is the pattern in verse number 19 of Paul's entire ministry, not only in the church at Corinth, but all the other churches that were founded by the apostle Paul, the great motive and the great burden behind Paul was for the edifying of the body of Christ, the perfecting of the body of Christ, the full maturity, if you please, of these that are saved in the grace of God and baptized of the spirit into one body that we know of as the church. Now my one desire, dearly beloved, verse number 19, and it seems to me that the terminology, dearly beloved, would identify unmistakably the fact that basically and primarily Paul is addressing himself to the born-again ones in the church at Corinth. We do all things, everything I did, every rebuke that I've given, every word of exhortation that I've placed before you, every challenge that I've tried to lay before you, every step that I made, verse number 18, every deed of my life, every sermon that I preached, all of it was for your edifying, your perfection, and for your full maturity. Now, any pastor that's pastored in a length of time and who's called of God to be a pastor has the same basic underlying motive and desire within his own life and for his own ministry. At least that's so in my life. Nothing, this is a testimony, nothing so thrills me more than to see the saints of God at Tabernacle mature and grow into the full statue that God planned they mature into. When I see a young convert, whether it's a child, a young man, an older person come and they present themselves for baptism and they're baptized into the fellowship of our church and from that experience of salvation and then identification through baptism, they begin to grow. They mature. Now, we would not expect instant maturity. It'd be a very foolish thing for me as a pastor to expect instant maturity on the part of my people. It just doesn't come that way. Maturity is a result of a lot of great uh, hours of waiting and labor among the people. But finally, the maturity can be achieved and the edifying can be enjoyed if we're faithful at the job. But we commence immediately in everything we do to edify every member 
of the body of Christ. And that's my one motive as a pastor. And I have been here now at Tabernacle for these 28 years to see our people uh, grow into the full statue that God planned and ordained that they enjoy as a born-again believer. Verse 20, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would. Today's broadcast of the Bright Spot Hour has been transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Correspondence may be sent to the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson thanking you for listening. Be sure to listen next time for the Bright Spot Hour. Same time, same station, same gospel. And the sun there never goes down. You talk about a time in heaven when I put on my robe and robe What a time in heaven when I lay these burdens down. What a time in heaven when I put on my robe and crown. Everybody shouting glory. As I leave this sinful ground What a time in heaven When I put on my robe and I'll meet my dear friends and loved ones Who have all gone on before They're waiting for me in glory Over on that beautiful shore We'll sing that praise to Jesus Oh, what a reunion will be Up there with all of God's children We'll be forever set free What a time in heaven When I lay these burdens down What a time in heaven when I put on my robe and crown Everybody shouting glory hallelujah As I leave this sinful ground What a time